Well, the tail end of this week, as far as international affairs is concerned, has been all about Julian Assange, the Australian that's been held uh, overseas for God knows how many years now. I can't remember the last time Julian Assange stepped foot on Australian soil. And he won't find out until next month, at the earliest, whether he can actually challenge extradition to the US on spying charges or if his long legal battle in Britain has run out of road. Two High Court judges said this week, Wednesday, that they would take time to consider their verdict after a two-day hearing in which Assange's lawyers argued sending him to the United States would be uh, a risk of a flagrant denial of justice. So just where are we at with Julian Assange? Dr. Keith Souter, expert on international affairs, is on the line. Keith, good morning again. Good morning. Yeah, you and I have spoken about Julian Assange how many times over the years, but (laughs) is this saga coming to an end or is it just being strung out even further? Well, I think it's just being strung out at the moment. So um, what the lawyers are hoping to do is to keep him in England. He's in a very unpleasant prison, Bill Marsh Prison in London, very unpleasant. But it's more pleasant than what awaits him when he goes to the United States, where he faces well over a century in prison, which, of course, he won't be able to survive. And so it's interesting that we're talking a lot about Navalny earlier this week. Yeah. And yet he's our equivalent, really, as someone who's dared to stand up and tell the truth about what's been going on, in this case, with releasing information, particularly about alleged war crimes by the Americans in the Middle East. So, yes, he's certainly being punished. He's being punished by the deep state. He's really got nothing to do with presidents like Obama or Biden or Trump. Um, It's just simply that the intelligence agencies want to make an example of him so that nobody else tries to spy and from their point of view, let down the United States. So that's why they are so unrelenting in their pursuit of him. Look, Dr. Keith, just take us back, because this has been going on for so long. Uh, Some of our new listeners may be thinking, who is this strange blonde man, uh, this Australian's being held against his will? What did he actually do? He's been indicted on 17 charges of espionage. And most people are claiming, well, hang on, he's not a spy, he's a journalist. Dr. Keith, your thoughts? Oh, yes, he's a publisher. It's really a rerun of the Washington Post case when they published um, uh, documents relating to the Vietnam War. It's a rerun of that from uh, the era of the late 1960s, early 70s. So he's a publisher. He's certainly not a spy. No. He's been accused of putting lives at risk by releasing these classified U.S. documents. And that's, what the, and that's what the United States is saying. He should be extradited to face justice. Yes, they're claiming that, but we've got no evidence that anybody's actually suffered as a result of the publication of these documents. Basically, the people who run these countries, that's not the politicians, but mm. the, the intelligence agencies and others, really don't want the general public to find out fully what is being done in their name. Um, and so they don't like having this sort of information revealed. Another parallel example comes, um, in fact, again from the Washington Post, um, comes from the Washington Post. Um, they got to hear that a top-secret inquiry had been made by a congressional investigation into what went wrong in Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, the unit had been set up to interview all the people in the senior level involved with Afghanistan on the understanding that the material would never be made public. 
Well, Washington Post got to hear about this. They fought a very long court battle, eventually got the documents published. It's actually, they're all on the Washington Post website. And the documents show that the people who were running the war had no idea what the war was about. You know, they kept saying, we don't know what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're clearly not winning in Afghanistan. It's a rerun of Vietnam, it really. Is. And Korea. It is. <laughs> and, and, but, they, you know, they, they, the people who were involved in this really didn't expect that information to be made available to the public. That's, that's the, the essence that we're talking about here. The documents were made available to the public, and the intelligence agencies, etc., are really annoyed that that was done. Yeah, so if in the United States, if there are documents that are considered classified, highly classified, is it actually illegal to publish them? Um, I guess it would be. Um, America, of course, also has within the Constitution um, the right to information. The freedom of the press. In Australia, freedom of the press. Um, And so that was what protected the Washington Post all those years ago over the um, what were called the Pentagon Papers. Mm. Um, and so that's been a very important legal provision. And that's what, if, if Julian Assange ends up back in the United States, all that issue will be relitigated in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, which may not be as liberal in their outlook this time around as they were last time. Let's just say, for example... Uh, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks came across the names of undercover agents or even double agents that were uh, United States operatives or Chinese operatives or Russian and Hmm. published those names. That would be irresponsible, wouldn't it? It would indeed. And that's not what they've done, as I understand it. Yes. That's what they're accused of, but we haven't seen that evidence yet. Yeah. All right. So he's got some time to wait. He's got some time to wait. Um, he will also, if he loses this time round, he will then make an appeal to the European Court of Human Rights. You can't make the appeal until you've exhausted all the domestic remedies. So if he fails in this current court case, he's then exhausted all his domestic UK remedies and he then becomes eligible to apply to the European Court of Human Rights. The Americans, of course, will try to get it out of London and into the United States before the paperwork actually arrives in Strasbourg but that's the next stage of the campaign. What diplomatic pressure on the US and indeed the UK is the Australian government pushing? Well, that's what his father um, is arguing, that the Australian government should do more to lobby. It's interesting that in the recent parliamentary vote, uh, the Labour government generally supported Julian Assange, as well as the Greens and Independents. Um, Peter Dutton and the opposition supported the United States. So there are certainly moves afoot within the current Labor government, perhaps to have him brought back and let him serve out the rest of his sentence here in Australia. So at least he'd be in an Australian prison and his family then can move um, and be near him in the prison. Yeah, all right. Well, there's still plenty of this saga to go. We're not any closer to coming to... uh uh, any sort of fo- finality on the Julian Assange saga. It just keeps going on and on and on. Dr. Keith Souter, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. You and I will talk again soon. Indeed. Thank you, Luke. Dr. Keith Souter, here on the Night Shift on Triple M.